Crystal Craven, a singer, a songwriter, and a worship leader who's passionate about sharing what God inspires. And this is your weekly devotional. Hello. Okay, well, you're going to have to bear with me today. Um, I am not feeling the greatest. I'm having a really hard time um, with pain and inflammation. Um, But I, with the grace that God has given, am trying to stay faithful to um, doing these devotionals and um, putting out the podcast. So here we go. Uh, We're going to be reading from Luke 9, 46 through 48. And it says, An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. Now could you imagine arguing over who's the greatest while being in the physical midst of God? That just seems crazy to me. But obviously from our hindsight, we can see 2020. But in that moment, the disciples had their perception of the kingdom of God and where they desired their place to be in it. Yet, Jesus was so long-suffering And he responded in a very kind and gentle manner in taking a child, you know, one whom would have been regarded as lesser than adults and who should, you know, be seen but not heard. Jesus gave a very clear picture that being great in his kingdom wasn't the typical worldly perception of greatness. It was actually quite the opposite. It would be the least among them who would be great. I honestly, I can't help but think that, you know, in the end, it's going to be those people who were the nobodies in this world, you know, who were serving the Lord here on earth, that's going to shine the brightest in heaven. This actually really makes me evaluate my own pride. I mean, how often do we think too highly of ourselves? And not just too highly, but also in doing so that we even go as far as to consider others lower than us. I mean, if we are thinking of ourselves as the greatest, then really how will we ever share the gospel and disciple other people when it would require us to, you know, stoop so low? But this, this is why applying the gospel to our lives every single day is so important. When we remember who we are in and of ourselves and that the only reason that we are anyone is because of God, it can help us to keep our pride in check. So think of this. You have life because God formed you in your mother's womb. You love because he first loved you. The faith that you placed in God was the measure of faith that he gave you. And you would die in your sin if Jesus hadn't died in your place. The gifts that you have and the ministries that you serve in, 
they are all completely empowered by the Holy Spirit. The process of sanctification affects you, but it isn't because of you. It's a work of God in you. And when you die, you can't raise yourself, but God will raise you just as he raised Jesus. Now, in light of all of this, how could we ever boast about being the greatest? I mean, by literally all accounts, apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. So the boasting should only ever be in how great our God is, and it would never be in how great we are. Now, with this situation with his disciples, Jesus really could have rebuked them and put them in their place, and he would have been justified in doing so, but he decided to take a different approach, one that wasn't necessarily so direct and harsh, um, but it would still directly speak to and correct the issue that was at hand. Now, when we think of Jesus's response, it was a rather soft answer, right? Especially compared with what could have been blatantly said. And Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 15, 1, that a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. In this case, I mean, don't you think that the disciples who were actively arguing over who is the greatest would have probably responded from their pride and with a type of kind of anger over a harsh correction, regardless of how true the correction really was? But Jesus's soft answer, it gave a direct response to the issue in a way that could be accepted and learned in the state that they were in. So he met them where they were, even though it happened to be a state of immaturity. And yes, sometimes a direct rebuke or a teaching is in order, but honestly, more times than not, a nudge in the right direction with a gentler approach is more than capable of having the lesson be successfully received and also in a way that doesn't stir up anger and further the pride issue that's actually underlying it. This also, you know, makes me evaluate my own responses to other people. Because how often do we attempt to correct someone and we end up coming in like a wrecking ball to the situation? I mean, are you guilty of this sometimes too? No, just me? <laughs> I mean, it is backwards though, right? When we're corrected, we want the gentler answer. But when we go to correct, we tend to bring the hammer down super hard. And honestly, I, I do believe that this stems from a godly desire for justice, but because of sin, we end up failing to include mercy and compassion, which ends up leading us to a harsh response. So then, the things that we should be praying for are humility and patience and compassion, and all of these are attributes of our amazing Savior. So when you're tempted to think too highly of yourself, remember what Jesus said when he said, for he who is least among you is the greatest of all. And when the temptation to, you know, jump to a harsh correction upon witnessing someone else's pride or some other need for correction, remember Jesus' soft answer, which turned away wrath 
as you follow that example given to you by the greatest servant of all. For blogs, written devotionals, and originally written songs, visit crystalcravenmusic.com, and that's crystal with a K.